Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Great. So welcome everybody to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so glad you are joining me today. Um, today is very special because not only is it a podcast episode where we talk about um, consciousness and trauma and healing and working through that, we also actually are going to do an exercise together live on this episode, which I've never done before. Um, but I'm really excited to do because I like doing new things and learning more about healing and all sorts of things like that. So it's going to be great. Um, I have Blaze Kennedy on the podcast with me today. He is a spiritual teacher and a somatic therapist. So Blaze, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Brittany. Happy to be here. Yeah, of course. So first and foremost, like how did you get to where you are right now? Um, what caused you to take such an interest in this line of work? Well... There, there's a there's a distinct turning point in my life. Um, when I was 24, I was into treatment for addiction, and previous to that, my life uh, wasn't it wasn't going very well, and I'd had a series of sort of underwhelming experiences that kind of left me um, trying to biohack my life with drugs. There wasn't much else that was working for me, um, and I you know, I ran into, I kind of painted myself in a corner and I got in a lot of trouble. So I got, at the time I got sent to a treatment center. Um, part of it was sort of around kind of failing and being addicted and I'm having a lot of uh, problems in my life. But the other half of it was that I really got the chance to evaluate what was really important to me and what was I, like, what was I doing here as a, alive? What was the point of all that? What do I really want? And I think that before that, I'd never really consciously considered that. I didn't, partially because I was a child, but I didn't, um, I didn't make, I didn't have metacognition. I didn't make broad decisions about who I was and what I wanted to be. I just kind of picked things that I thought would uh, kind of make my life look better or feel better, but I never really stepped back and looked at it. And so right before I went to treatment, I had a series of experiences uh, with other people within myself. They made it clear that spirituality was, or consciousness, whatever you want to call it, was my future. And it was just kind of obvious. Like, oh yeah, that's that, that's what I'm going to do with my life. So when I went to treatment, I had a kind of a blank slate. I had no, I didn't leave a life behind. Um, you know, there's lots of people who, who are, who are dealing with addiction in sort of the middle of their lives, you know, like they have a job and a family and a career. I didn't have anything. I left behind sort of scorched earth. So I got to start again. I really started my life again. And the things that I learned when I was in treatment, essentially what I didn't know, uh, just blew my mind. I, I remember the, 
the 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 most um clear example of this is that we used to do a lot of group therapy and in treatment and this counselor I, I don't know what i said to him but it, something clever and he said that's that's really clever blaze but can you identify how you feel right now and i remember blushing and realizing that i just i just said stuff and i actually couldn't identify how i felt and so part of it was being embarrassed but part of it was really being intrigued like how is it possible that i can't identify how i uh, how I feel. How, why? And it's that curiosity, that really desire to understand myself, to understand life, which kind of got ignited. Um, you could, you, you know, I look back and I think of drugs and all the things that we're doing were kind of like cheats on real understanding and real living. And when I, um, when that didn't work anymore, I skipped to the real thing. I really wanted to understand um, what life was about. And so that has taken many different flavors over the years, but there's two main pathways to that. One is to um, essentially understand your your past as a human being, which we could call your trauma or your conditioning. Why do I behave the way I do? Why I feel the way I do? Why I react the way I do? And to speak or relate about that in a way that creates change. So that that's kind of my definition of healing. Right? We find that we have some suboptimal pattern. Some usually it shows up in relationship or around our human potential. And we have to figure out why am I doing that? Why do I push people away? Why do I um, get anxious in social situations? Whatever it is for each of us. And so healing is a, is a kind of a search for the causation in myself of my problems. You know, we, I recognize the symptoms of my problems, but healing is a, a search for the causation. And that means really being good at identifying how I feel and what I'm perceiving inside myself, my thoughts, my feelings, my sensations primarily. Um, and so that's one one vein of of kind of knowing yourself and um, what I really fell in love with. The other is consciousness in a pure sense. Sort of um, consciousness is, and and maybe we can talk about a definition later. But is is more like a search for um, a pure experience beyond my thoughts or feelings or my emotions um, that connects us to life directly. Some experience or knowing or realization as to what it is to exist beyond the experience of being human, just the experience of having consciousness, of being aware, of having an experience at all. What is this life? And often these two paths are very distinct or at least um, partially distinct. Some people are really... Um, really drawn more towards healing and others towards consciousness and a direct as a direct experience and i I love both of them and my um, path has been to kind of bounce back or uh, vacillate between the two as I've gone on my journey so that meant at first a lot of time meditation and learning under spiritual teachers who had something to say about consciousness. But as it went on, it became more and more about 
my own experience of being aware and conscious. Cool. Yeah, I I love that. It's um it sounds like deep hard work. <laughs> but necessary and like beautiful at the same time, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um so I know you work with clients and you do a lot of this consciousness trauma work. So what is it like what does that typically look like to you when a when a client comes to you? Like what is their level of consciousness typically at? Yeah, so people get into this, uh, whether it's, you know, I, I would start actually by saying that most people have a primary interest in one of these two um, dimensions of life. Either they want to reach their potential or they have trouble in relationship or they have anxiety or they have sort of emotional distress or some preoccupation with their thoughts, something like that, that they want relief from which is healing. We could call that healing. Um, There is something in their way that's preventing them from being happier as themselves. You know, some pattern of... um, The other category of people is people who that may or may not be happening for them. They may or may not have these parts of themselves which they can identify as being problems, but they just want to know the truth or they want to experience God or they have just some sort of unspeakable longing to be connected to um, sort of some deeper truth of life. Mm. So in, in one group, you have people who um, really are, are focused on their human life. And in another group, people who kind of want to see beyond it. And again, both for me are legitimate. In fact, both of them are necessary in a in a sort of deep spiritual life, in my opinion, in an integrated spiritual life. But people have their priorities. People come usually to me with a preference of one or the other. So if somebody's coming to me for healing, they're coming to me because they're stuck in some way. Because if they could move this pattern, if they could get rid of their anxiety or stop, you know, getting angry at their partner or sabotaging their life or whatever it is, stop thinking, then they would do it on their own, right? So people are coming because they, they, in me, they see or they hear that there's another way that they don't know about yet. There's another more effective way to relate to their, um, their thoughts, their feelings and their body, essentially. In, in people who are, we could call the other categories, spiritual seekers, they just they tend to be more people who have a thirst or a desire to know and they again they may or may not feel like they're stuck um they may or may not feel like they um what they're doing is not working for them but they're they tend to identify with a hunger or a longing or desire that they can't they've yet to find satisfaction for hmm. that's so interesting i feel like i could be in both categories. <laughs> I think I think every I think everybody is, but you know, when you mm-hmm. start speaking to people, they will um they will present with one before the other. Have you tried fume yet? Fume is a natural inhaler made sustainably in Canada from Canadian maple. It basically uses essential oils for different functioning functionings in the body, like performance, energy, or overall wellness. 
I recently started using the lavender one for sleep. Um, it improves mood, relaxation, and brain function, and it feels really good to wind down at the end of the day with that type of essential oil. I love essential oils. I use diffusers, but this application is very different and unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, and I can definitely feel the difference. So not only does it help me breathe deeper and better because I'm such a shallow breather, um, I also get the benefits of the essential oil. And and it's just a brilliant product. And like I said, I've never seen anything else like this. They do worldwide shipping, worldwide shipping, which is really great. And I have a discount code for you for 10% off, which is Brittany10. If you go through the link in the show notes, you will be able to find that and try them yourself. Right. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. So when people come to you, regardless of kind of where they're standing between these two different ideas, um, what are, you know, I'm sure like you work personally with them and kind of go through things that they might've been through in their past, but what do they, what do you recommend they start doing on a daily basis in order to change these levels of consciousness? Yeah. This, I, I'm, I, I'm so happy because the, the greatest question or the most um, important question is what do I do? What do I, day to day, what do I actually do? Um, what technique can I apply? What new method can I do? What can I see differently to change my life? And I have to sort of um, help shift the way that we think about doing, the way that we think about applying ourselves, I gently suggest that um, the rules of productivity in consciousness and in healing are different than they are in the physical world. And so what do I mean by that? Well, if we, we tend to look at a material world, we experience a material world of objects that are distinct, they're all in different places, and we need to apply force to them. So an example of that is, um, I want to build a house. So I can't do nothing to build my house. I have to focus, contract my muscles. I have to use work and effort, hard work and effort, as you said, to achieve something. And we tend to take that kind of, and that's what we know when we want to do work. We tend to take that ethic to our spiritual life or our healing journey. But there's limitations to that. And I think those limitations are why we're not all naturally healing and reaching high levels of consciousness on our own. It's not that we don't know how to work. Every person who's listening to this is, is productive and can set their mind to, you know, their life to achieve what they, what they need to. The problem is that our emotions, our patterns of thought and behavior, you could say more broadly, our consciousness doesn't... Um, it doesn't improve or change with the use of force. We can't force ourselves to stop thinking. We can't force ourselves into a better experience of life. So we have to learn a new orientation. We have to learn a different way of actually perceiving reality so that we can learn what the laws are of consciousness. There's a different set of principles which creates change. <clears throat> So I've created my sort of system of what, how I think that works. But in, 
in consciousness broadly, we can say things change, emotions heal because we relax, because we create a open space or an open relationship with things that are in a stuck or contracted state. So if, for example, I have repetitive mental pattern, mental thoughts, and I can't, as they say, get out of my head, what we will notice is that we tend to contract our awareness around that, meaning we fixate on the thing that we don't like. We do this with our anxiety. We do this with our um, with our thoughts. We do this on things we want. We do it on things we want to get rid of. The other thing we do, other than fixate, is we avoid. These are ways in which we kind of try to apply force to ourselves. And the trick is to teach people through their own experience, to support people, to actually relax and open their experience of being aware. And so when I, what, I, what I teach primarily, my main interest is to teach people essentially how to relax their point of attention or their awareness and learn, watch what actually happens when I learn to relax, even though I'm anxious, or even though I feel angry, or even though I'm having a lot of mental energy. And the people that I work with discover and over and over again that when you relax, when you stop contracting around things, the energy of your mind or your body actually releases. It moves. And so broadly, the what do I do is this way, it's this learning this way of actually engaging with your life without contracting your attention, without contracting around things, without um, grabbing onto them or avoiding them, without trying to push them away, without trying to get rid of things. And you can think metaphorically, I don't know if you've ever used a, a Chinese finger trap. There's this little toy that we used to get when I was a kid. And you put your fingers into it. And if you pull, then the, then the little toy between your fingers tightens and you can't get your fingers out. But if you can learn to actually move your fingers the other way, the toy relaxes and then your fingers slip right out. It's this kind of trick. Mm-hmm. So, so consciousness or our problems, whatever we want to call our our stuff or our, even our state of consciousness in general really changes because we learn how to open in the face of all experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Um, and I really like that. Like, I just like that point of view of relaxing around things instead of becoming so hyper-focused on some sort of problem you might have. Um, typically it's like, I feel like it's problems or things we don't like. It's like tends to be negative things. Um, and we can become so obsessed with it. Right. And, and yeah, it's like, you almost just need to zoom out and relax and yeah, it's very cool. And I can see, I can see why people are attracted to this type of work. Um, because like you said, it's a different way of, thinking and a way of doing things. And a lot of people need that because what they're currently doing is obviously not working. Yeah, absolutely. And the the first thing that I, and zooming out is a great word. What also we experience when we zoom out, when and we'll do this, we'll do an exercise, as you pointed towards the end, which will actually help people learn this ability to zoom out or to relax. 
Um, another consequence of that is it puts us in a state of non-conflict. We are no longer in conflict with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I would say that the experience of being aware, which we will look at more, is not in conflict with what it's aware of. Mm. By learning how to be aware, relaxing into the experience of where, we end our self-conflict. Which means that I can actually experience pain or difficulty or confusion without being in conflict with myself, without fighting myself. Which means that my, my tolerance for whatever I'm experiencing, my ability to see clearly, increases dramatically. Because I'm not at war with myself. I'm not fighting. And in this state of acceptance or what's called surrender often, uh, life is quite happy to unfold. You could think about our problems when I speak about contraction or, or having anxiety or any of these p- problems that we identify. You can think about them as being spring-loaded. That it's, it's my contention that they actually want to leave us or expand or to complete, to be finished. But it's our inner tension, our inner fragmentation or our inner conflict, which actually binds all these problems in place, which is why you see people in the world who have, can recognize their problems very clearly, or at least the symptoms of their problems very clearly, and yet their whole life they remain the same. They actually seem to be gathering more problems. And it's not that these people are, um, you know, don't want what's best for themselves. It's just they don't recognize that there is this ability to relax, to accept life as it is. And you know, when I, my life, I was not taught what relaxation was. I did things to relax. You know, I would, you know, listen to music or turn on a TV, which is really just focusing on more stuff. It's really just adding more information to my life. But relaxation in the pure sense that we'll be looking at today is to sort of kind of leave or take a step back from our lives, from our experience of our bodies and our minds and create space in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's easy to relax in front of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, but what that means is like we're moving our attention away from our, our thoughts and feelings. That's what actually gives us yes. the relief is we're, we're moving our yeah. attention away from ourselves. Yeah. And at some point, like if you were me when I was 24, um, my problems, like I just, I just can't, <laughs> I can't do that anymore. I just lost the ability to do that because my strategies weren't Netflix. You know, my strategies were crippling. Mm-hmm. My strategies really put me in a bad spot. So again, when you say, why do people come to me? It's because their strategies of coping no longer are, you know, they, they recognize the limitations of those and they want to move beyond that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. We need that and, and people need that. Um, I know I, in in your one of your bios, you talked about um, the collective consciousness right now and how it's more fragmented and traumatized um, than maybe we even realize. So what do you mean by that? Like as a, as a collective or yeah, as a, 
population in general, I guess. Okay, well, we'd, we'd have to start at what uh, trauma is. If we just look, my definition of trauma would be stored or unprocessed experience that we are holding in our bodies. So it, any of us can take a look at human history and say it has been filled with overwhelming experiences. There's been war, there's violence, there's people having to flee, you know, there's all kinds of interpersonal challenges, there's all kinds of stuff um, that has happened in human history, and it accumulates. So in a, in a material world, you know, like I live in, you know, let's say I live in a city and something bad happens in that city and I leave, I leave the city and now I'm, I'm somewhere else. Well, you know, I've left the problem, but that's not the total truth because if something in my life happens and we'll follow through with my metaphor, something bad happens in this city. And let's say that I have an overwhelming experience of fear or anxiety or, um, you know, I get separated from a family member or something. I carry that experience with me until I can complete the emotional and mental experience. I'll just pause because it's not my favorite explanation. I'll see if I can do a little bit better than that. <laughs> Throughout our life, we have experiences which are overwhelming. As children, we're very sensitive and we have a very clear and open relationship with the world. And again and again, we find the world to be overwhelming to our ability to stay in our bodies and feel our feelings. And primarily we feel that we are separated or unseen by other people, but there's also experiences of, um, of violence or overwhelming sort of atrocities that humans have experienced in general. So, what I discovered when I went to treatment is that the things that had happened in my life before me, I hadn't left them behind. They were waiting for me to complete them. They were waiting for me to revisit them. The primary example of this is that my father died when I was, when I was 12. And when I was 24, I actually started to grieve as if no time had passed. You know, a decade had gone, 12 years had gone by, but it was just like I was there. So collectively, our world is full of people who are still in their bodies living experiences that were overwhelming in the past. Mm. We're all carrying that. There's, it's no, there's no, it's not a sort of personal failing. It's just a reality of how our nervous systems protect us. When we can't tolerate something, when something is too distressing or too overwhelming or too confusing, it, that we separate our awareness from that experience and it gets stored in our body as a, as a fragment, as, a, um, as something waiting for us to revisit. It's really a brilliant or beautiful system and we carry on. And so the world that I see has carried on. We've really done our best to overcome ourselves and our sort of state of relationship. But higher levels of human development will require um, that we that we really dive into what we're carrying as individuals and also collectively 
And you can see that in the world when you look at the sore spots, the social issues that come up again and again. And no matter how much sort of progress we make, there still is a pain about the historical topics which um, represent our past trauma. You know, you can turn on the news, you can you see that everyone is carrying this legacy of kind of reactivity towards overwhelming experiences. I want to interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about MFEs, the EMF blocking underwear that I am developing. If you follow me follow me on Instagram, you know all about this. Um, they are launching very, very soon and I'm very excited about them. Not only are they EMF protecting, but they are antibacterial. They're super cute. They're super comfy. And if you go to my website, you can actually see a mock-up of what they're going to look like. Um, the fashion designer that I'm working with has created some images and they look super, super cute. Um, you can go to my website, biohackingbrittany.com slash pages slash emphies, which is spelled E-M-F-I-E-S, or you can go through the link on, in my bio on my Instagram. The pre-order waiting list is getting quite long. Um, I'm only going to be creating a certain amount for, for pre-order in April. If you want to be on that list and you want first access, I highly suggest you put your name on there as soon as possible. Um, we're going to have a couple different designs. One is going to be more of a thong. One is going to be more of a full coverage. So you can order both and try both or you can order whatever you prefer. Definitely check that out. And again, that's biohackingbrittany.com slash pages slash MVs or the link in my bio on Instagram. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's like it's I think it's hard for people to make space and room in their lives to deal with traumatic things that have happened in the past. Like it's very easy to kind of day in and day out go to work, do the same thing, you know, like uh, yeah, a lot of people ignore it and run from it, right? So it's it's just so interesting your approach in in general, and yeah. I I grew up in a world that like for example when my my father died I was twelve years old. No one in my world, and um, you know bless all of them, but nobody in the world could was trauma literate could understand or see what had happened to me. You know I sort of was a zombie for twelve years, and nobody could really put the pieces together. You know, and so we all grew up in a world where we're not really supported to to see this stuff. There's no currency in it. You know, it doesn't make our our social engagements any easier necessarily. It doesn't make our lives any easier. So very few, like a minority of people so far have had the maybe we could call it internal pressure to do something about it. But imagine a world in which we just had this competency and understanding and we invited people in a loving way to, to to do this work not because they have something wrong with them but because it's a pathway to you know human potential it's a pathway to more satisfying experiences of being alive trauma and you know all the the symptoms of it really rob us of our sense of aliveness and also our human potential, which is why we see so many human beings not doing, not living in accordance with their, what would be best for them or what would be possible for them. 
and that's our normal reality. That has been a normal reality, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I, and it's so, I'm just so excited to dive into the, your exercise that you provided for this in relation to that. Um, and before we get started on that, so we're going to do a short guided exercise called the introduction to awareness. Um, but before we just start that now, is there anything that we should know, um, the listeners should know before we start that, if they want to follow along or anything like that? Hmm. What, I'm, what I'm going to, what we're going to do is, to me, the most essential and important thing that I could share to you or anyone else. If we, if I had five minutes of your time, this is what I would show you how to do. Because in my journey and my path, this is the most essential path to transformation. And this comes out of my own um, development. This comes out of um, really having to face myself and figure out what works, what really deeply works. It's not an obvious, just one more thing, it's not obvious how this will, how you apply this necessarily right away, but it's kind of a deviation because, again, when you go to therapy, the first thing you do is you talk about, you know, why are you here, what are your problems, where do you want to go, right? We're focused on the stuff, we're focused on the feelings that we have or that we want to have or that we don't want to have. And we're going to take a detour. We have to, you know, in my work, I have to find a way to encourage people to, to really to take a detour um, away from all of that, knowing that you're going to come back to your life and your problems and the things that you want and your dreams. And as a result of having more connection to awareness, you're going to be better at everything that you want to do as a human being. That's my promise to you. But at the first, it's a, it's we're actually moving away from our humanity in some way. Cool. I I'm really excited to get started. So um, yeah, if you want to take it away. So I'm going to say right now that your life is made out of five things. Your experience of being alive is things that you see things that you hear, things that you think, things that you feel as emotion, and things that you feel as sensations. That's that's our life. Mm-hmm. We can say taste and smell, but I leave those out because they are, I don't know, I just leave those out. I like having five of them. And we could call that information. That is stuff that you are aware of. So if you have a computer in front of you or a tablet, your uh, phone, it is presenting you with information all the time. But that's not the totality of your experience. There is a hidden element, which we don't really think of or turn to, and we're going to turn to that now. And that is the experience of being aware. So imagine that you turn away from all the things that you perceive, all the information, and shift your focus to just the experience of being aware. And we're going to do that. And, and Brittany, you're kind enough to be my uh, demonstration friend. So mm-hmm. we're going to go through one channel of 
information at a time. So we can start with things that you see. So Brittany, you can just kindly name some of the things that you can see. Yeah. So my computer, uh, my podcast mic, I have a lot around me, uh, red light therapy <laughs> device. I also have a view from my desk so I can see the ocean and the mountains, um, books and my tea. And there's more, but that's like really what I can see right now. So I imagine you, that's, that's great. I imagine you scanning through your room, contracting your eyes and focusing on, on pieces of information within your experience. Is that true? Yep. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so that is how we all operate. And we do that with our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings as well until we learn another way. And so, Brittany, if you just notice the things that you can see, and we just want to notice that we are aware of the things that we can see, we're aware of our vision. And just see what happens if you turn your attention more to the experience of being aware and allow the things you see to kind of go out of your focus. You're not so interested in them right now. You're more interested in the experience of being aware. Mm -hmm. And what would you say happens? How would you describe that? Uh, yeah, it's calming, which we talked about previously, but it feels like yeah, it's very relaxing. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> That's great. Would you say that your eyes physically have relaxed? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And my shoulders went down too. Yeah. And you're it's like you're seeing everything, but you're not looking at anything in particular. Mm -hmm. So you haven't lost function. You can still see all the things in your room, but the it's true that you don't actually need to contract your focus to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's possible to relax and have vision at the same time. Yeah. Okay. And if we go even further, we say, you know, your 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 red light looks like a light. The ocean looks like the ocean. What does awareness look like? What qualities that does it have that you could describe to me? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. I feel like I can see everything at once without only focusing on one thing kind of right. if that makes sense yeah I'll, I'll ask you some further questions is awareness an object that you see is it a thing that you see no okay so you look at your computer screen it has boundaries you can like fixate on this thing does your awareness have boundaries no okay well if it doesn't have boundaries how big is the experience of being aware Oh, I don't know. I, I guess you could, I don't know. I guess like we said, like you could just keep zooming out and just really get out of your head more and more, I guess. It's absolutely true that you could just keep zooming out and out. And the spiritual part, a big part of the spiritual journey and an understanding of consciousness is really just to become interested in this ability to zoom out and out and out. Mm -hmm. But we can leave that aside for a while and just notice that the effects of this, this, we could call it boundless awareness. How does it feel to just notice this thing that has no boundaries? Um, it feels really nice. It feels good to, it feels like there's less pressure on me, I guess. Right. Like right. I feel like less stressed. 
Right. Yeah. Great. And we'll we'll just move on to some of the other channels. And I didn't say it before, but I hope if you're listening that you're you're actively following along. You can do the same with your hearing. So we can tune into the sounds that we hear. Again, we can become focused on all the different sounds that we hear from different places. And Brittany, you can just name whether you're in a quiet space or not, whatever sounds that you can perceive. Mm-hmm. It's pretty quiet um, with this recording, but I can hear some cars um, and there's a train close by to my place as well. Right. And of course, you can hear my voice when I'm talking. Yeah. So you can, again, all these sounds come from different places and we, we're really active in um, remembering, like you don't have to keep asking who's speaking right now because you're able to track and remember my voice. You know what a train sounds like. And you know where all these things come from. We have this amazing ability to um, pick all that out and to separate it all. And if we we just relax into sort of the experience of hearing, we can notice I am aware that I'm hearing. I'm aware of all these sounds. And I can relax more into the experience of being aware. I let all that activity around the sounds go, and I'm just giving more of my attention to the experience of being aware. And my question is, how is awareness different from the sounds that you hear? Um, It feels very inward compared to external sounds. Yeah, if that makes sense. (laughs) Like, Like you've moved closer to yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we've relaxed from what is what we are aware of to the experience of being aware, closer to our actual sense of self. And this, you could think about this like being in a, like being absorbed in a book for a minute and you're like in the book or the movie or whatever it is. And then you kind of relax back into yourself. And It's just a shift in focus. So we've shifted from our, the content of our consciousness, the stuff we're aware of, back to our self. Another word for awareness is our sense of self. We can look more at that as we go on. We can also become aware of our thoughts. So you don't have to, I won't ask you to name your thoughts out loud but you just notice that you can you can be aware of your thoughts. You may have a lot of thoughts. You may have just a few. It doesn't really matter. And we do the same thing. I have thoughts. I'm aware of them. And I give my attention more to the experience of being aware. Thoughts feel like thoughts. What does awareness feel like? Um, oh, it's harder for this one, I feel like. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. It's, again, it's, it's, it's still in my head, obviously. Um, but it's no longer fixating on specific things about me or my life or my problems or whatever I'm currently feeling. It's more right. of um, 
yeah, just like a state of calmness and a state of being right. and, and less like emotion as well. It yeah. feels like, like less, it feels less, um, I don't know what the word is. Like just, yeah, it, it's definitely more calm. Like I just keep going back to calm. Yeah. Like it's just this like really nice state of calm. Right. We could call it blank or neutral. Those are words off, people often use when they yeah. do it. We could call awareness to see if this sounds true for you, an awake space, mm. kind of like yeah. a, a witnessing space, mm -hmm. an empty space that's witnessing my life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what we've done is just like re retracting our attention from a book, we've retracted our attention from our thoughts back to ourself. Mm-hmm. When we think of ourselves, we tend to identify with our thoughts and feelings in our body. We tend not to identify with this calmness. We use awareness rather than perceive it directly. We use it to feel our body, to, um, to think, to focus on stuff, but we don't actually identify with it or give our attention to it. And in doing so, when we do it now, we find that we feel peaceful, blank, calm, spacious. These are essential qualities of existing. They're fundamental to the experience of existing. There's always awareness, and we overlook these qualities of awareness because we are so absorbed in our lives. Absorbed in the things we're aware of. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, it, it makes total sense. And it's a nice break, honestly, um, yeah. to get out of your thoughts. And, you know, we cycle through the thoughts, the same thoughts so many times, like, and we fixate, right? And so it's really nice to break free from that and realize that we actually don't need to stay in the same cycle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to our bodies. We can just feel ourselves first physically. Um, and and I'm, I'm really enjoying your participation. This is, this is really enjoyable for me. So we can feel our bodies physically. You can feel your feet and your legs and your torso and your arms and your head. How does my body feel as a physical object? And you can just uh, notice the sensations that dominate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. For me, I guess, um, yeah, heavy, I guess, like sitting, um, also like tight. My muscles feel tight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like I need to move my body. <laughs> right. So we feel some tightness. I'm mm -hmm. glad that you said that. So I feel this tightness. I feel like I need to move my body. Before we take action to move our body to remedy that, we're going to do something different, a different kind of productivity or action. I, so again, I feel this need to move, this tightness. I'm aware of it. Can't feel it without having awareness. And I shift more of my attention to the experience of being aware. My question is, is awareness tight? Does awareness need to move? 
No. Awareness feels very still. Yeah. Very still. Yeah. So we could say now we have our feet in two worlds. On one hand, we're very still and relaxed and don't need to move. And on the other, there's some tightness in our body. Mm. And so if we just say in these two words for a minute, I say, my body feels like a body. What does awareness feel like? Um, more flowy yeah. and relaxed and um, just very peaceful, very peaceful. Right. Is awareness in... in Yes. So is awareness in conflict with your body? Is it fighting your body? No, 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 no. Is it putting any pressure on your body? No. Okay. What is it like for your body to be in a space of no pressure, no conflict? It feels very, very nice. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. It's really calming. It's really great. <laughs> right. So the and and everybody does this, but the old strategy is like I feel tension in my body and I go, God, it's tense. It feels like I need to move my body. So I get up and I move my body. And that mm -hmm. works. You know, I, I like to exercise and so on. But here's for now, we, we could just say, here's another way. Here is another way in which without any action we can create a change in our experience without doing anything, without applying any force to ourselves, without focusing on a task or a goal, without wishing it was different or uh, stretching even. Mm -hmm. you notice more and more, you say it feels really good. If we stay in this state more and more, we just notice how does the body respond to the space of awareness? We just keep watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very comforting. Yes, it is. So if we go to the last channel, which is um, maybe the most volatile, which is our emotional world, we just mm -hmm. notice how we feel emotionally. That could be anything. And... You don't necessarily need to share how you feel emotionally, but as you feel your feelings, you notice, I'm aware of my feelings. I can't have emotion without having awareness. And I give more of my attention to the experience of being aware. So again, feelings feel like feelings. What does awareness feel like? Um... It feels like I'm distant from the emotions, like I've put right. distance between the two. Right. So this is wonderful. You've put distance between the two. Where have you gone? If you look around the space that you now occupy, where are you? Yeah, in the same space. <laughs> right. Yeah. And again, just name what qualities does this space have? For emotions? Well, we, we've sort of, we, I feel my feelings. I'm aware I've, I've backed up or retracted into this, into myself, into this other quality right. of myself. I just what, what qualities does this have? So if awareness was your friend, how would you describe your friend to me? Mm, mm, that's a good one. Um, 
Wow. Um, I just have very, oh, goodness, um, calm, relaxed person who, I guess, yeah, neutral is a, is a really great way to put it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, lot, not volatile at all and and just content, I guess. And, and yeah, very easygoing maybe even. Yeah. How does your friend treat you? Uh, great. <laughs> very nice. Um, it's very, yeah, it's a very um, positive, well, I guess neutral, but positive at the same time, which is interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Is there anything that you could feel or think or experience in your body that would either disturb your friend or push it away? Yeah, I think if you suddenly zoom in again and you're focusing on a single emotion or something specific you're looking at, like exactly the opposite, right? Like we talked about. Right. Now, would that, in just in your experience, would that be you leaving your friend or your friend leaving you? Um, me leaving my friend. Okay. Yeah. And mm. but we could return at any time, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. At any moment we could return to this state. I'm going to use the word of unconditional acceptance, mm. unconditional positive regard, unconditional presence. Mm. Any moment we could return and find it not a resentful friend who has storing memories about all the ways they've been wrong, but a friend that could not hold you in anything but positive regard. Mm -hmm. So we've called it a friend and it's a fun way to describe it. But who is it that's actually aware? I mean, it's, it's you. You are aware. So instead of describing this as your friend, we could describe this as yourself. Mm. In spirituality, awareness is a substitute for the phrase, I am. Awareness feels like the experience of being, or I am. This realization that your identity can rest back in yourself and your experience of being aware is the is a major uh, revelation on the spiritual path. It's the beginning of an understanding of consciousness. It's the beginning of an understanding of yourself, of what is really deeply true. Mm -hmm. My thoughts change. My feelings change. There's all this volatility in my body and mind. And yet my awareness, my experience of being, rests in the kind of background, stable, forever unaffected by what it's aware of. The spiritual journey, whether it's towards healing or towards what you could call traditionally God or higher consciousness, is, is in part, is in big part, about actually giving your attention back to this experience of being aware and learning to live your life and feel your body from here. If we take something like trauma again, or anxiety, which we could call a symptom of trauma, our sort of emotional problems, again, I describe trauma as overwhelming or intolerable experiences, which we end up coping with or managing. And you just see, could awareness be overwhelmed? 
Could there be anything that it couldn't really tolerate and accept? Mm, I don't think so. So when people come to me for healing, what they're really focused on is their thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. They, They have these things like their anxiety or their fear that they want to get rid of, which puts them in a kind of conflict with themselves. And I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't want to heal your emotional problems. I mean, if you do, then you do, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's very powerful. But to do it through thinking or feeling or thinking, adding other stuff, essentially, that's a strategy. But what if we did it by relaxing back into an unconditional acceptance, by a can't be hurt, can't have a problem, safety of a sort of a truer sense of self, a truer experience of being. In that world, there's no human experience which we have to move away from. Mm -hmm. This ability to relax and to accept and to not fight any human experience is the fastest way to heal, to change your life. Because awareness doesn't have the same problems that you do. You don't like your pain or your problems or your anxiety or your life story or whatever it is. Awareness is okay with it. And by learning to channel or relax back into the experience of being aware, you don't have a problem with yourself. Mm. That's my life hack. That's the most important thing that I could ever share with anybody. If you truly learned how to really, if you chose, we could say, to connect with awareness, you would find that it's actually always there. And it's more than happy to live your life for you, to be the witnessing experience of your life. I love that. I love how like profound it is um, and different too. And also like simple at the same time, yet effective and can be applicable to so many different things that we go through. Um, yeah, it can just be so helpful. And I just love that you're doing this work. It's, it's awesome. And more people need to be doing this work, I think. Um, and for anybody who followed along during this exercise, like I hope that it taught you something and that you actually, you know, really got something out of it and kind of learned to take a step back from things, um, um, further. So Blaze, um, how can people connect with you if they want to work with you further? And yeah, what are like, where can people find you online? Can I, can I say one thing more about that? You yeah. use a lovely cluster of word, profound, simple, effective, new, novel. A mm-hmm. hundred years ago, even this experience was rarefied. And Brittany and Blaze would not be talking about it on a podcast. You would have to get on a boat to some monastery or, or uh, ashram in the Far East. It was completely out of mainstream culture. It's rarefied. People weren't looking for it. People weren't really uh, knowledgeable about it. It was in the sort of shadows of our society. And it was called, it's called like a transcendent realization, which is a really fancy name. It's a really fancy name. It's got lots of names, but it, it was rarefied. Today, I work with like the most ordinary people, and I mean that in the best way possible, from all over the world who have access to this, who can see it, perceive it, obviously, because the world is changing. 
the state of consciousness or what is possible on this planet is changing rapidly. I'm certainly not the only person. Um, there are many, many people who are showing this ability to connect to consciousness and showing how simple and profound and effective it is and true. And so if you are listening, um, keep in mind that you're, you would be getting into this. You're getting into this if you're listening to it. You're getting into this at the best time possible. That there's never been more access to consciousness than there is now. And I won't go into why. So if you, if you, in answer to your question, if you do want to know more about this, um, there are a couple of things I would suggest. One is on my website, it's, it's my name, blazekennedy.com, I have a, a, a heading called Meditations. You can sign up for my newsletter and it will give you access to a whole series of these exercises I've made. This is really the first or most essential thing, but consciousness has other qualities which we could point out. Awareness is just... I would describe the most fundamental or the most important. Um, so you can go and sign up for my mailing list and get all these exercises for free. And if you just did those, you wouldn't need to really work with me or um, know anymore, in my opinion. If you could just do those, and if you really got it, that would take you all the way, as far as you want to go. But some people find that, well, there's two reasons why people might want to work with me. One is because they they actually just can't apply themselves to it and they need some support, which isn't a personal failing. It's actually because I actually believe it comes out of our sort of fragmentation and it comes out of our sort of our disorganized inner world. It's really hard for most people to stay really focused on something like this to the point that it changes their lives. And so those people can choose to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I also run groups from time to time on this. The other reason people work with me is because um, it's not enough just to relax into awareness in this sort of, which we could call meditation. They need to learn to relate to their bodies and their emotions. They are people who are coming because they have emotional problems that they're stuck with. And so part of the journey is to relax into the awareness. The other is to hold in focus my body and my emotions at the same time. And that's what I, that's the other thing that I teach people how to do. So if you, if you wanted to work with me, you could also visit my website. I have sort of free consultations, which I call discovery calls. People can um, sign up and, and, and meet me and see if they're interested. The other thing I do is I do uh, post on Instagram. I'm sort of smirking because I'm, I'm really learning how to get my message out and how to use the internet. But um, I have a Instagram page and it's this life taught blaze and I can send Brittany all the, all the links. Um, but I would start with the meditation recordings because I think that they are the, the, yeah, the last thing I would say is there've been so many books written on spirituality and concepts about higher consciousness or God. And I don't think conscious concepts for most people are particularly transformative. Experiences are transformative. Like the experience of Brittany able, being able to actually describe this boundless space of awareness, which accepts her body unconditionally and allows her body essentially to thrive, to expand into that space. Um, that is an experience that makes spirituality yours, whether you're religious or not. It's not a concept. It's your direct experience. And so my aim in creating these 
exercises is to give people real experiences of their own so that they can choose to reorient their lives towards more potential. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that. And yeah, I will link everything that you just said um, in the show notes and on my website as well. Um, Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for this amazing exercise and tool that we can now use. Uh, My pleasure. I hope it's helpful to all your listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.